Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linawave. For today's 261st episode, I'm excited to share this conversation that I had with Ben Cohan and Brett Beery down in Sullivan, Illinois, where they both live and work and play music in the Den, as they call it, which is their music studio. For those regular listeners, you might no doubt know that I started making music last year, and this podcast kind of chronicles that journey a little bit, from the initial inklings of starting to record and share songs with each other and collaborate as a band called Golden Shadow. Of course, we talk all about the development of these songs, the way that they were recorded remotely over the past year, and how exciting it was to be able to play together in person, and to be joined also by Brett and Ben's other band called The Decals that features Clint Parrish and Brigham Hagerman. We are able to do some spontaneous songs like this untitled introduction, and so that was a treat. There's going to be some other samples from other recordings, as well as our almost fully developed song called Echo that'll be at the very end of this podcast. You don't want to miss it. Just newly remixed and sounds fantastic. So very excited to share that. If you're checking out this podcast for the first time, it's worth noting that we are a visual arts podcast. We feature a lot of different artists that come on, they talk about their studio practice, and we share these discussions right on studiobreak.com. And of course, share links to their websites and images. So you can definitely check out some of the archived episodes there. Studio Break is, of course, in social media, so be sure to like our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break, and of course, be sure to follow on Instagram at Studio underscore Break. You can also follow at Cohan Studio and at Brett Beery, as well as at David Linaway, and of course, the newly formed at Golden Shadow Band. Be sure to follow and help us get some followers since we just opened this one, so... Again, without further ado, here is this interview with Ben Cohan and Brett Beery and myself of Golden Shadow. Welcome to Studio Break, Ben Cohan and Brett Beery. Super excited to be uh, talking to you, especially since we've been uh, making music, I guess, for over this past year. So welcome both of you. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks. And obviously we'll talk a little bit about, you know, what we've been doing, as I just kind of alluded to, we've been kind of making music this past year during a kind of pretty crazy time. So it's pretty exciting, but to get us started, maybe, you know, Ben, if you could just talk a little about, you know, where you're from and then we can kind of uh, sneak on over to uh, Brett after that, but, you know, just give us a little bit of a glimpse, you know? Okay. <laughs> I'm from central Illinois. Dave and I met back in Carbondale where we were getting our master's in painting, but I've lived in... Illinois my whole life and now I'm a painting and drawing and art history professor at Lakeland College in Mattoon. In my spare time I like to keep my studio practice going and uh, make music with anybody who will let me. Right on and it sounds like too there's a whole slew of musicians in this town uh, which leads me to Brett here. Yeah there is definitely and Ben is a valued member of those musicians (laughs) those few. The lone drummer for like 50 square miles or something. Yeah yeah exactly. (laughs) I'm also from central Illinois. Ben and I actually went to high school together, but never really connected there, oddly enough. And then, yeah, we went, attended the same college at the same time, not knowing each other also, which is kind of funny. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I grew up here. I uh, got my degree in music business at Millican, and now I farm for my day job and make music at night and play music with you guys. Interesting to kind of uh, think about that in context of this past year. Again, everybody has like a story about the pandemic. Obviously, there's been, you know, lots of tragedy, hardship, struggles and all that. But again, it's really interesting for me because I've been talking to so many people that have kind of turned these weird corners in their life or, you know, these weird things. So, you know, when I go back to like, I guess a year ago, 
is is mm-hmm. when you might yeah. have gotten or heard of a song. Ben is, you know, kind of egging me on to kind of like, you know, start recording some stuff. And so we did. And, you know, here we are a, a year later and, you know, we're kind of working on this album and I'm kind of here as this weird artist in residence in the middle of uh, central Illinois, which is actually quite lovely. Lots of farmland. Uh, I can imagine, again, makes for a lot of nights in the studio to, to make music, which is what we did last night. So to kind of think about that in context, I mean, what's it been like for you, Ben? I mean, obviously you've been, you know, in a number of bands over the years and obviously playing drums for, well, again, there's this kind of interesting configuration and, and swapping that I kind of experience of different people you know, kind of collaborating. And that's something that I think is just hilarious to me because I think it's garbage. I hate that idea. But musically, <laughs> musically, it makes sense when everything syncs up and you're like, all right, that's the drum part. But, um, you know, what, what's it been like for you this this past year, Ben? Well, I think and you you mentioned it from a year ago. Were you buying a you bought a video game system of some sort? Yes, I, I bought a PlayStation. I'm super hip and I call them video game systems. (laughs) But I said, where's your guitar? Because the guys I play in in Sullivan with, like Brett and um, my friend John and Brigham and Clint, I was trying to get them to send me audio clips from their phones so we could buy the time in lockdown, had drums in the studio, and then tried to coerce you into that. And yeah, like a year ago, I think was maybe one of the first tracks you sent. And it was, I don't know. I, I would think a watershed moment. So there, <laughs> and like the, I, I told, I think I told Brett, like the, I, the, the faucet got turned on and it's not turned off yet. You're still making them, aren't you, Dave? I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been a little bit quiet since I've been here, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it, it, uh, it gave me some, I couldn't paint. I didn't really enjoy listening to music, but when my friends would send me clips, it was fun to try to come up with my own parts. And then, you know, do shop talk over emails and texts and phone calls. But yeah, it really kept me from getting desperate, I think, Mm -hmm. because I couldn't enjoy the things I enjoyed, Mm -hmm. which may have been what a lot of people were experiencing. I'm sure they were. And we didn't have that much hardship in, in the way of like people in the family being critically ill or anything. So it was mostly just the mundane, go to one place, do the same thing. And if you guys would send me songs, I'd feel much better. So yeah. Well, and imagine that probably didn't change much then for you in terms of like, you know, I'm, I'm sure that your kind of daily tasks are like stacked up and it's like, oh, I'm going to go in rows this way and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, plant stuff in rows that way. But I mean, was that something that, I mean, obviously I would imagine that kind of music is something that you kind of use to kind of balance all that out, which is, I think what kind of most any artist that I have talked to does is to kind of balance out that work life, that creative life, family life. I think as creative people, that outlet is a necessity. However it comes, whether it's through painting or music or writing, I mean, there's all forms, cooking, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think it's integral. And I think a lot of people, especially last year, kind of figured that out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I do need something extra there's something inside me that's got to come out and I need to try something new to get it out. Like, you know, you pick sure. up the guitar again. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, again, it's kind of a surreal experience, you know, especially as I'm sitting across from somebody that's, you know, both of you have kind of produced music for a significant amount of time, but I know, you know, Brett, you've got a number of albums that you also have. And again, I yeah. would just kind of note real quick. We've got at M Ben Cohan studio is if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. For Instagram. Yeah. And then also at Brett Beery. So obviously you can check them out there and there's uh, links to, I think your music that's on. Bbeery.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Right. So a lot of good stuff there, but 
the decals stuff is decals.bandcamp.com. Yes, yes, which is the band that uh, has been mentioned, Brigham and and Clint and John, all the guys we play with. So it's again interesting as, as somebody that feels like an outsider of all this. It's like there's probably just this microcosm of this going on everywhere, you know, and obviously yeah, you, yeah. you're both super knowledgeable in terms of uh, indie music, or at least to my ears, you know, like, I'm just like, I'm kind of content staying in this world of what I like at the moment and then just shuffling onto something else. But obviously that's something that is probably super influential. And I know that, you know, it's probably a long time coming whenever we had, you know, Brett, you kind of, you know, join us for the first time. Maybe before we even get to that, like, maybe explain that. What was the first song that you heard? Or uh, I, I don't even know when you got something where you're like, who's this weird guy? Uh, you know, the first <laughs> song, probably one of the first ones, Fuzzy, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Anyhow. There was, they were all <laughs> named similarly. <laughs> yeah, they all had similar names. But it, it's one we're not currently working on. But it was a really fun mm-hmm. just track. I remember Ben played me what he had put to your guitar and I just was like, Hey, mind if I throw some bass on this? He's like, go for it. So that's kind of where it all started. And then you kept sending Ben tracks and then Ben kept sending them over to me and it just snowballed from there. (laughs) Well, and that's, again, that's something that's really cool to me. Like I was just kind of alluding to it. Like the idea of collaborating with anybody just doesn't make any sense to me visually. Like I'm very particular, singular minded in terms of paintings. And obviously Ben, you know, we're kind of coming from that, Mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, field or whatever, however you want to call it. But I mean, it's like the idea of collaborating with somebody seems like, so, you know, like, I guess you can hang the paintings, but you know, don't touch them. <laughs> That's really cool, though, because, I mean, obviously, like I said, you're you're working on your own stuff, but then you've also got these configurations of these different bands. And I guess I should say, like, you know, you all have, like, this practice space. It seems like people have, you know, kind of come in. It's almost like this interesting kind of, like, session work, or at least, like, somebody to come in with a song idea. So, I mean, that's got to be really cool for you just to have that, both of you, really, to have that outlet. Yeah, I think it's great for all of us because John writes songs, Clint writes songs, Brigham writes songs, I write songs, and you know, it just gives us all an outlet. An outlet. We're not super judgmental, or we'll, we'll play pretty much anything. I think mm-hmm. any idea anybody brings to the table, we're down. So it's just a lot of fun, and it's really cool to think about. You know, I know that one of our first conversations, again, like we were, like I was alluding to, we all kind of you know, synced up and started talking about influences and things like that. And, you know, I was talking about how musically literate you guys are, at least to my <laughs> ears. But I mean, also, that's something that's really interesting, too. I mean, like, maybe talk a little bit about that in terms of some of your interests, like musically, because it seems like it's all over the place. When I when I was growing up, I grew up with Brigham and Clint and... And they're your friends. Like, I mean, yeah, give, they're give actually a little second cousins, so, second so, cousins of mine. Okay, but so Brigham, obviously you've all been in this same area kind of making music, it seems like, a long time. Uh, they they had bands all through high school and stuff, and I would go watch them as a, as a fanboy. And then, um, you know, let's see. There was Statical. That was kind of the mainstay. But then they were in the college bands, No Yes Laboratory and Sick of Midwife and, <laughs> and Champagne. And so then I started playing with them. I was in early college, but... Before all that, Brigham would give me rides to school and we would listen to whatever he wanted to listen to. And it was, I didn't know how he was finding this stuff. It was like it was from another planet. Mm-hmm. You know, my family liked the usual stuff like Aerosmith and Kansas and Cindy Lauper and <laughs> all that kind of Queen and Janis Joplin. And so I heard a lot of what's called classic rock now, but, but Brigham would play Sonic Youth or Pavement or Bands from Champagne on the drive to school 
I'm in the back seat and he doesn't listen to it quietly. Still, it's very, very loud, but it was like, it, it was eye-opening. And so like my first favorite bands were by way of Brigham. And then I got to be in bands with Brigham. So really that, that guy alone shaped a lot of it. And then you get into college and you kind of like do that arm wrestling thing with your friends where who knows the cooler reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which gets <right>. old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which yeah. gets old after a while. But like if you, if you're in an art department, I think it happens on a, on a different scale. Like people trying to one up each other on the, on the musical taste. But then we played all through college and now we're all dads with jobs. Yep. Not all of us, to be fair. Well, I mean, but the in, guys in here, the in town, here in town, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the five of us that have been playing um, prior to this year. But the, the, the fact that, you know, now you can get your hands on anything. We send each other playlists and YouTube clips. And I think Brett's got the deeper dive function built into him because i'm like where is what is this well so. <laughs> that's what i really honed in in 2020 was my love for post-punk and then really diving in deep and finding really subgenres. The, yes yeah the, yeah that, that's sort of what i yeah making making playlists a lot of playlists in 2020 well, you, and, you and brigham can really go back decades and decades and find these really dusty gems i don't know brigham seems to me like the 60s guy I think we both like to find yeah. the root of of things. So yeah. it's like when we hear a new song or newish song, whatever, even a song that's twenty years old, and then you hear a song that's forty years old, and you can pull all the the influence from that song on this more recent song. It's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Didn't he bring in the Moody Blues for like a week? Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, yes, he did. Yes, uh, I, I think there was an argument that they were underrated. That, but also very similar to the Grateful Dead. Oh. <laughs> in some, he had some, some reasoning there. Right? I, I think, won't get into it. I think because I was more locked down because we have a kid who's compromised. Uh, I was not privy to all those arguments yeah. or conversations. Yeah. There are probably more conversations, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, these guys really um, bring in a lot of the music that I enjoy still. And you, uh, when we lived together, Dave, I never really gave much attention to the Smashing Pumpkins and then we listen to that a lot. We listen to Black Sabbath a lot, mm-hmm. as I recall. I think the thing that's funny to me, kind of thinking about that, and I think it's kind of unlike other things, is that music kind of connects you to a time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or are you kind of alluding to like an experience? And I know that we had talked about, you know, just being from Champagne, and I think you said Hamas from Champagne. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure most people that are cool <laughs> know who Hum is, but if you don't look it up, you'll be excited, hopefully. But I think that's something that's really interesting about music in a way is that kind of that connection to a time more so than other things. I don't know why, like I, maybe in all, in some ways I feel like art can almost be timeless in that regards and maybe music can be too, but that's something that's exciting to me. And I think that's something that's been really cool this you know past year in terms of kind of rediscovering a lot of that thinking a lot about that and i think that again kind of getting back to that idea of a pandemic or you know kind of reassessing i think that's all kind of fair game well so thinking about you know kind of all that maybe kind of brett you could elaborate a little bit more about your experience because you know again you both know i kind of know some chord shapes and some notes here and there it seems like but then obviously we've got someone that's very you know trained and you know studied so i guess what was that like i would imagine studying you're going to have a much broader uh, appreciation for everything from like classical music to, to blues or jazz. Whatever. And yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I grew up self-taught on the guitar, playing with my cousin, and we would just jam, you know, have fun, record on cassette tapes, all that. And then I decided I wanted to go to school for it. 
went to actually Edison Community College down in Fort Myers, Florida. Wonderful music program down there. Learned theory, began to learn to read music for the guitar and play classical guitar, which I, at that time, I really stopped listening to any modern rock and started listening to classical, a lot of electronic, jazz, you know, just really off the wall stuff. Although my mainstays were Radiohead and Soundgarden. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the two I, I, I kept, kept rolling in there. Yeah, and then graduated there. It was a two-year. Went up to Millican and pursued music business and really got to get into the studio there and do production projects. And that was fun because you've got a whole student body of people that are just willing and, mm-hmm. and wanting to get in there and eager and really talented, really talented musicians. So that was a lot of fun. Then graduated, first internship I had right out of school, I decided commercial music business actually was not for me. Music is a little too close to my heart, and I didn't like the way it was being, uh, I guess, objectified. Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, I witnessed record execs coming in and just the band that was being recorded, super nervous, super scared, just they had been pouring their heart into this thing for weeks, and you could just see how afraid they were that things were just going to get knocked and... I just didn't like that atmosphere. It seemed too negative, you know. So decided to pursue other things and went out to Seattle and met my wife out there and decided to just record at home. And that's what I've been doing until probably about five or six years ago. And I started playing with Ben and the decals. <laughs> and we drug you down. And, and <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, no, it's been great because up, up to that point, it was just me. You know, you're talking about not doing anything collaborative or, you know, mm-hmm. just doing things all yourself. That's what I was doing. I wasn't ever really playing in a band. I played in a guitar octet at Millican, right. which was a lot of fun, but it's, it's different, you know? And so I was always recording at home by myself, writing by myself, producing by myself. And then getting hooked up with these guys, it was a it was a change in mindset to me to figure out, okay, how do I start writing for a band? Mm-hmm. I don't need to play full chords, you know, on the guitar. I could play two strings and the bass has got the low end and so it, it was a total switch. And, and, and uh, we're notoriously under recorded. Like <laughs> Yeah. We put like a nineteen song demo out while I was in college and then this thing that we made put out last year yeah that's yeah on Bandcamp. yes yeah the album resolver which uh yeah go check it out which is also still almost kind of like a demo mm-hmm. it's very lo-fi mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of fun that's kind of our style though we're not over polished there's an aesthetic to the recording process well and i was going to ask you maybe elaborate on that a little bit because you know ben and i are both teachers and you know, there's a lot of talented kids out there that are drawing and painting and sculpting at a young age. They come into college and it's like, oh, I got to like draw a bottle. I don't get this. I would imagine, again, you can you can not know how to read music and enjoy it and, you know, study it in college. And it's going to be a different thing. I would imagine that in the same way you walk into a recording studio maybe for the first time, you know, aside from like a, you know, a cassette four track, you're totally like, what? how do I record drums? How do I record clarinet or something like that so I mean was that something that was really exciting just to kind of I'm sure you learned a lot in terms of just different technical things and I'm always interested in those kind of things oh yeah I mean at school definitely learned how to mic the drums yeah of course all of that but like with anything you're studying you're into I mean I was into it I wanted to know all those Mm -hmm. things you know so it's it's grueling to learn all that and but also I, I think don't overthink it, you know, mm-hmm. get something in position. It sounds good. Go, go with it. It doesn't need to be this 
studio quality, quote unquote thing to work. Mm -hmm. I guess that's where I've come full circle. <laughs> maybe, sure. maybe with it, I learned how to do everything clean and very sanitized, I guess. Yeah. And our, our room is not made for that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and our, our, our gear is not made for that. No, either. no. But, but even that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like recordings that are like that necessarily mm -hmm. that don't have the character or air i like recordings that you can hear the room yeah well and again it's really interesting to me to just kind of play around with that process or to learn that process obviously you know to kind of get back to like this band that's uh, golden shadow again pretty pretty interesting to kind of be able to kind of pass along parts and to kind of you know patch things together or add other other like overdubs or things like that but again to kind of uh, be able to come down here and then play in person has been really pretty cool. So it sounds like last night we kind of broke a practice record at least. Uh, apparently Ben played <laughs> Consecutive hours 15 played, hours yeah. or something <laughs> like that. Or I think it, from when we got there with you, Brett, and then the mm -hmm. other guys showed up and we left, I think it was I think it was four and a half, five hours. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Which is, yeah, a consecutive hours. Uh, that's, a, that's a record for me. I'm tired. But the, I had a question for you, Dave, because I don't know how you made some of those earlier songs at home because i don't know i always say i sit in the corner and i don't know notes as the drummer so then if you're playing straight into your computer i assume mm -hmm. at the old uh at the old place you were living and then are you doing a lot of copy paste the first ones or are you trying to play like you have the parts laid out mapped out verse chorus you know bridge chorus whatever and are you trying to get it all in one take and then send it off because sometimes it sounded like you had two guitar parts but it was just one and that always flummoxed me well again it was just weird because again as somebody that doesn't necessarily know about this world aside from the audio side of it i i, I can look at wave files like we're looking at right now as we're recording this and going like okay i know how that works mm -hmm. so i think some of that was helpful but it definitely changed a lot i think really early on it was a lot of cutting and pasting and then as we kind of found a groove, or at least maybe I guess I did in terms of especially just kind of like, okay, I've got like this little bit of a window here. I'm going to, you know, work on something, you know, I would kind of really get into this groove of trying to like get something down correctly, which is why it's been really frustrating to come back to it. You know, again, we've got, you know, at least like at least 12 solid songs that have been pared down from yes. my 25 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to go back to some of these, which is funny because it's only going back to like March or you know, maybe February or so, January, you know? So, I mean, like very early on in the year, but you go back and I don't even remember how some of these songs went. <laughs> Thankfully, I started writing them down, but yeah. to play around with that, you know, eventually it was kind of like getting in this obsessive mode. And I think a lot of artists can hopefully kind of relate, even if it's not necessarily, you know, a great thing when you're not taking care of yourself or changing your clothes for, <laughs> right. yeah. you know, days on end or something like that. But, you know, that kind of like obsessiveness for me of kind of like getting something right, I would just kind of, you know, at first it was kind of like trying to even just play with a, a click track or a drummer or yeah. something like that yeah. to get things in time. But then it was just like, I would try to just work through an entire song and have it succinct. But obviously just because there's me, you know, there's some tracks that I think work better with, you know, mixing some of the clean tones and the fuzzier tones you know some of the more distorted tones so it's been kind of interesting because you know there's all sorts of things that you're learning about that and I think again really ties into you know as you know Ben especially visual art like you're always kind of 
discovering these new things. And so in a weird way, there's a lot of crossover, I feel mm-hmm. like. You're uh, painting with sound. I guess. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we might have to edit that. that be, be a little brutal. Are we there. rolling? Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Are we rolling on this? So... No, I mean, I think that's really interesting, too, because like, you know, like and Ben, I'm, I'm sure there's times that, you know, as somebody that, that paints and draws and also plays music, there's probably times where you're very focused on one thing and maybe, you know, thinking about something else that I don't know might creep up in your paintings, you know, months from now or something like that. Yeah, I was thinking about how you broke down like the entry or the or the starting point of some of those songs. And I think when you had sent them to me, it was still in the semester. So we were both actively teaching, but I would walk across town from my house to the studio where I would do my zoom classes. And a lot of times I would either listen to a podcast, sometimes studio break or, uh, the song files you'd send me. So by the time I got there, I had to teach, but I had come up with some idea of what I wanted to play. And because I never lived with my instrument, cause you guitarists are lucky in that regard. People who play keys are lucky in that regard. But if you don't have a building, suitable for having a (laughs) drum kit and you don't want to invest in an electronic drum kit which is you know my own thing or play with pads or whatever i got to have drums in the studio and it was like teach and then if i had five ten minutes to try to get a take or two i could at least send you the rough idea and then eventually got that little iphone microphone that really made things i think sound a lot better on my end just one microphone for the whole kit and then, you know, trying to play around with effects or panning or stereo effects or cutting and pacing because I would get really off time because mm-hmm. I'm self-taught. So then you playing to a click track made me get better at playing to a click track, which Brett can attest to in the decals recording, I did not know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> and speeding up and slowing down happened a lot and it was probably very frustrating but organic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Give me the benefit of the doubt. The thing I could hear like being self-taught and the part I had in my head walking over there to me is that thing I talked to students about and talked to myself about in the studio, which is it's not matching the thing I have in my head. The painting isn't going well. The drawing isn't going well because I've put this goal out in front of myself that I'm not yet meeting and it doesn't quite work. And so when you do a critique, right, I'd send it off to you and you'd be like, I was thinking more like this thing mm-hmm. or quieter here or louder here. And I go, like, oh, it's not what I had at all. Or Brett said one needed to stop and start less. And I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. And so you just try to like revise it a little bit, erase and revise. And so I think there's obvious Venn diagram overlap there, but it, it's more fun to sweat it out in the drums than it is to do a solo Mm-hmm. painting and only <laughs> only be mad at yourself and really have no other way to <laughs> to get it further along except to work through it so when you would tell me change something i could go like, okay great yeah good it's your song let's well, change and it. is that something that too also like in the past you know year now it's less than a year really it's crazy but is that also something that has maybe kind of had like a way of kind of reinventing some of the what you do in terms of drums trying to look for different sounds for like a different band or is it all something that's kind of based on just like what you're hearing track by track no matter who it is or well i was <laughs> brett can attest to this too i ask after we play something i'll be like why well, did this different what did you guys think and you'll all politely go um i wasn't really paying attention <laughs> We 
which is like a universal, like everybody's focused on themselves. So I'm yeah. only listening to what I'm doing right. and trying to change it and going, they're going to love this. <laughs> and then it's over and I go, eh? And you're all like, no, I didn't listen to it. Wasn't <laughs> 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 paying attention. So I tried to like, when Brett was recording that Resolver album, say like, I love the way that Spoon's drum sounds or this album from pavement or this album from chastity belt that's such a a well-produced album like there's air and and openness like you were talking about and it's organic Mm -hmm. and so yeah i try to steal stuff from the people i like just like you do when you study any kind of field Mm -hmm. let's say painting you have your favorite painters and they're embedded in your brain and they come out at random times and every once in a while you drum or play something on the guitar you go oh that sounds like Mm-hmm. this person yeah. I really enjoy and I'm so happy it does like that Feelies or Rain Parade-ish song that Brigham has now yeah yeah, that's a good one or like the stuff that sounds like bands that you like like Dinosaur mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and I guess one thing that I'd be interested to to hear a little bit about too I mean obviously you know we can get to Ben about this but you know you're gonna essentially be the main lyrical organizer of this band we've got a couple of tracks that have lyrics I know Ben makes contributions I try to make contributions that I come up with after I cut the lawn yes maybe yeah. kind of describe how that process works because I, I would imagine most people are like okay he's like working in the field and then it's like, you know, the clear skies. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of overly romanticizing it. But I mean, you know, I'm fascinated is, about that because I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that's like, but I know what it's like for me as a painter. So, right. Yeah. No, it is absolutely the nice thing about farming is I can put earbuds in and work with my hands and listen to everything and anything that I, I want to and get influenced. So, yeah, I mean going back to like hearing your songs for the first time. And uh, that's part of the reason I wanted to play bass. I started hearing bass melodies in Mm -hmm. my head. And uh, as I mentioned, being so into post-punk last year, post-punk's all about the melody being in the bass. So it was kind of the perfect timing for something like that for me. I I think like you're talking about the influences, Ben, that Mm -hmm. you had during the recording of Resolver. I think our influences always just kind of keep climbing. So the next project we're working on we're just naturally going to be pulling those inspirations from mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. is current mm-hmm. in our personal zeitgeist, I guess. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a bumper sticker. <laughs> personal zeitgeist. Yeah, I don't know. Edit that. <laughs> no, I like it. Are we, ro- are we rolling? Getting to what you, the question that you actually asked me about writing lyrics and vocals. Um, yeah, I'm constantly doing that in my head. I'm, I'm, there are 12 tracks. I've, I listen to them at least every other day, you know, and, and looking for those melodies, but aside from the obvious ones, I'm not the best lyricist or vocalist. I don't think it's my strong suit, but I, I like a challenge. So it's good. And I, but I found that working with those obvious melodies kind of tends to make it boring. So I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to come up with ways to keep it interesting. I've also been listening to a lot of just punk and mm-hmm. I mean, punk singers, I mean, forget about it. Those guys, they know how to deliver. They know what to say. They got your attention. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And it's simple. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to take that energy, but make it on music that's not punk, you know? Sure. But but kind of have that same energy. And with that, we're going to play a quick sample of one of the songs we recorded live that's in progress called Snake Dog. Enjoy it.
Well, and it's interesting because I think everything is going to be kind of marked by the time, you know, when this all happened. So, I mean, even in just thematically things that we've talked about in the past year, there's kind of a lot of crossover, you know, and I think that's kind of one of the lyrical contributions that Bed made originally that we had our discussion about that I'm like, no, you got to like sound like that dude from the darkness if you're a singer, you know, like like all (laughs) over the place. And and I think, you know, that was something that was interesting in, in terms of a collaboration. You know, because I again, it, like that seemed foreign to me. But then, you know, to kind of hear and maybe you know, Ben, maybe talk a little bit about that. You know, line that you had kind of come up with. It sounds like oh. something, something that you had you had just kind of like thought up on maybe one of these walks. But I just love the way that kind of fits together with uh, you know Brett's writing and, and singing. The lyric that got displaced into a different song because it sounded better in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was in in a better vocal range for me to sketch it out. Yeah, I don't usually listen to the decals songs for vocal input. Yeah. I stay in my lane. And so when I would listen to those over and over and over again, because it was new and exciting, I'd go like, I think I hear an obvious melody because I'm not a not a notes guy. But um, yeah, I tried to put something together for one of them and didn't get a resounding no thanks from you guys. But it was kind of a, we'll pass on this offer. And, and then it came to fit into uh, is it echo yes yeah yeah and it just is a much better fit so yeah it was a real but you did that you moved those you took those same lyrics and and you sang them on the chorus of echo i stole your idea (laughs) so no no i shouldn't say that it was completely collaborative right i mean yeah and you and you put my mind at ease because it was like hugely embarrassing anybody who's out there that's making anything knows that first people you show it to, whether they're the people collaborating with you or not, it can be hugely embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And curiosity about what you're doing is not embarrassing. It, you should be able to explore that, especially with the people you're collaborating with. But when you're used to working alone, it can be like, please, please be kind. And because it was via text and because it was Dropbox and all that stuff, it was like, I don't have to sing in front of them. This is great. It's like singing in the shower. I, I put the phone on a shelf in the studio and just like, tried my best and then <laughs> um the the end result of it getting moved is because i was driving around listening to it and i could hear it fitting better and it was just sort of like i thought a decent lyric mm-hmm. yes um, absolutely about waiting and being stuck and all that kind of stuff and so then brett morphed it into much much more pleasing sonic territory and i just yeah I, it's impressive i i like watching all you guys work last night was fun it was a marathon but the way that everybody can just sort of like meld into mm-hmm. a groove to borrow a cliche phrase is so much fun to be a part of. And I've, I've enjoyed it ever since I was playing with Brigham and Clint. And I have a thing I want to get back to later about how many albums you've made and how many albums Clint has made <laughs> independently of what we're all doing. Cause I think that's super cool too. Well, I think one of the things that's funny about that too, is that I totally get that idea, like that sense of not wanting to kind of share this thing. Cause I certainly was very apprehensive and now at this point, when something finally occurs to me after like a fourth listen, you know, it takes me an hour and 40 minutes roughly to cut the lawn. <laughs> so on a good day, I'll kind of like listen back through something and just start kind of like screaming. I'm sure people are like going past me like, oh, gosh, what that what's that guy doing? You know, <laughs> but like, I just have like some small little fragment that I'm like, yeah, we got to work Pangea into this. And so I'll just like <laughs> have this really terrible little 
kind of thing that I'll kind of try to add to throw into that mix. But then again, I think that's what's so exciting to me is that that collaborative spirit, I know it's going to hopefully find some way into something, but I think that's one of the things that's really cool to kind of have, you know, Brett kind of, you know, bring it back into that, that fold in that regard. So it's always kind of exciting to see, you know, what comes back. And obviously too, like, you know, as Brett, you were describing, it's not something that it's like super intensely lyric forward. And I think a lot of the music that we're interested in, it seems like is very much about that kind of sound. I don't know. Is that like your experience? You know, I think some of the first concerts that I went to or shows, I mean, you're just kind of like enveloped by this sound as opposed to like, you're kind of like checking off a box of like, oh, these are really poignant melody lyrics and, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, the well ran dry or, so, you know, whatever, whatever right. some poignant mm-hmm. thing is, it's much less important than like this wall of sound or something like right. that, you know. Yeah. But I like the way that, you know, the things that you've kind of worked in really kind of fit that well. And obviously, like, again, I'm not a shoegaze uh, aficionado, but I know that that's something that you both had talked about, you know, especially when it comes to that kind of vocal style. Yeah. My influences are all over the place. I listen to all kinds of music and I, I'm of the philosophy. I'm, I'm personally never going to stop listening. Mm-hmm. And whether you're listening to old stuff or new stuff, it doesn't matter because you'll discover just as much old stuff that you didn't know was there as you will new right. stuff that's coming mm-hmm. out. I want everything to have a cohesive sound as an album, but I'm kind of having to approach each song as its own individual because, mm-hmm. you know, to jump from say like a track like haunted to something like the ride. And of course, listeners haven't heard these <laughs> songs, so they don't know what I'm talking about, but it's Maybe drastically friends. different. They're, they're, they're two completely different in two different wheelhouses, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to approach those differently to keep, sure. to make sure it sounds right, you know? And there are prototypes too. in like the indie catalog writ large, you have all kinds of bands you could go back to and say, this album of theirs is this cohesive kind of neighborhood of sound. Or it jumps all over the place sonically, but something production-wise holds it together. Roots it, yes. Yeah. I was thinking about, it, like, Upbeat, I think, was one that was, like, real cheery and, mm-hmm. and upbeat and aptly named. And then you get things like Haunted or, or The Ride. They're minor? Tell the drummer if it's minor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. I'm the, I'm, I'm the songwriter, but, but I wouldn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, but then, then you know, what's that Spinal Tap scene? But the the idea of it being, you know, a tempo change or a, a, a sort of like palette change in terms of the the quality of it, and then you probably have to. I'm sure you feel compelled, Brett, to write something to that m- mode instead of just going like, well, whatever. It's all, you know, has to be this theme because we're all in lockdown or whatever we're all remote yeah yeah i've always enjoyed what you did and the b beery stuff that's on Bandcamp. how many of those are there six oh no three or four but how many are there total that you haven't put on there well i don't know there's there's (laughs) a lot of stuff (laughs) yeah a lot of it doesn't need to be on there (laughs) and then and then clint's put out nine on his own in his bedroom like four track stuff yeah which which actually is the artdenver.bandcamp.com and that is clint's solo stuff which is fantastic art Uh, denver and the cicadas yes art denver and the cicadas which is all clint and uh it's super interesting and then you have you sort of have his worldview of music bedroom four track yes. stuff fantastic and brigham is i don't know if he was getting like i still don't know how he got his hands on this stuff 
traveling up to Champaign to find these CDs and records and tapes, but it was all the shoegaze, 90s alternative indie stuff, and then 60s anything jangly, I think he was yeah. still into. But yeah, yeah he's always yeah. been just a, a huge music enthusiast. So it's really fun. And now having John bring everything that he's got to the table, and then pivoting over to Dave, like yep. as a new surprise element from the past year. Yep. Who's like, well, I'm in a different band, so just to, I know, be, just to just, be clear for I'm the audience as who, collaborators, who might not know but, who John as, is, for example. As collaborators. Yeah, right, no, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As collaborators, it's fun to go like, oh, I haven't heard that before from anybody I play with. And um, yeah, just thinking about how to try to fit the mood that you're hearing in your head. And it took a while to get like comfortable going like, that's not really what I want. Or you'd send me the, the pre-programmed drummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd go, oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's very behind the scenes, the pre-programmed drummers. It's like doing... <laughs> but one of the things that kind of strikes me about all that, too, and especially after last night, because I'm kind of new at all this, and as I'm, you know, you're kind of alluding to, you know, or at least Brett, in terms of, like, changes of, like, either tempo or just styles of music. Again, I mean, I kind of, again, don't have, like, the the broad reach maybe of finding all these little gems underneath these rocks. But, you know, I kind of have those kind of um, bands and or, you know, types of punk music or indie music or, you know, whatever it is that I kind of, you know, gravitate towards. And so for me, it's kind of a weird combination of those things. But in a weird way, I feel like I was, you know, joking around. I feel like after talking to people last night, I feel like I was the 16 year old at the <laughs> at, at rehearsal and that like, you know, this is like something I would have liked when I was 16, you know, and since I didn't go through that, like in terms of like writing music, you know, like I, I had a four track. I think I told Brett this once, but I mean, like, you know, we never had a drummer or a drum machine. So it's, right. you know, having all these kind of like contemporary tools to kind of play around with, you know, a palette of sounds, if you will. You know, it would just be like, oh, I wonder how this is going to sound if I throw this delay on here. Mm -hmm. And I think after a while, there's just things that are you know, very enticing or, you know, effects that are very enticing, certainly fuzz for me. I absolutely love. Yeah. And it's I'm very, right. very easy to write, you know, three chord song progressions over and yeah. over and be like, yeah. this is cool. So to try to break that up and make something that's a little bit more interesting, you know, that was something that was really fun in, in terms of kind of playing around with all these. Cause I think, you know, there's plenty of those kind of faster songs or more straightforward songs, but you know, that was something that was kind of fun. Um, to kind of try to elicit like different kind of almost moods through, mm -hmm. you know, adding like a, you know, reverby echo thing that transitions into something that rocks more. Laugh, I'm laughing because I, I remember being like, well, they've sent me another song. It was like a <laughs> nine day turnaround time is what we got into where you'd be like, here's one. And I'd go, like, okay. And maybe nine days later, I'd be like, there's my part. And you'd be like, I got another one. And so <laughs> I, I was like, I okay. So I was doing like a Sebado type of thing where you play a hi-hat for the verse and then the chorus is on the ride and then you go back and i was like oh, i've done that every time like he's probably going to get bored of that so then it was like what do i have in here that is auxiliary percussion mm -hmm. like hitting a maraca against a, <laughs> a headed tambourine and you know shakers from across the building or moving the microphone around like setting it on this ottoman in the same spot or what if i moved it <laughs> <laughs> so and then playing with very few like reverb delay effects but it is funny that you get to a point where you're just sort of like well i wonder what 
wonder what this would do. Well, that's again, that's why it strikes me so much that it's just like painting or, mm-hmm. you know, any other yeah. kind of art form. Yeah. Um, and all of, obviously we've also encouraged each other to spend money recklessly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I bought an amp. So. I bought a, 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 yeah, an amp head for my bass. So <laughs> right. I'd record at home. And right. yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Well, and that's, you Pedals know, and that's something that's really cool too, to think about all this, you know, like, cause I think that's one of the things that's so interesting right now, you know, as a, a teacher, you know, we kind of encounter all these microcosms of things that people are interested in. Or like, you know, I think I've kind of spilled to you both that I had this neighbor that's really interesting and, you know, kind of does like sculpture and then also does like children's books, illustrations. And it's like, oh, it's my neighbor, you know, but to kind of talk to people maybe outside of, I guess, your area and and maybe they don't realize that there's all these microcosms of what people like. Mm -hmm. In this case, we talked about people, you know, paying uh, to watch a video game or stream on Twitch or something like that as being this unnatural thing. But I think that there's all these microcosms and, you know, just kind of being down here, that's one of the things that's really cool, you know, to kind of think about in a, a larger kind of context. I think, you know, none of us are, you know, planning on an extensive east coast tour next year i think hopefully it'd be cool to to maybe play some shows down the road and yeah yeah you know that's something that kind of strikes me is that you can kind of have this you know work life balance creative life balance and have these microcosms of all these things it's kind of really awesome in terms of like you know even though there's a lot of negativity in this world i think mm-hmm. it's really amazing that we've got we, all these tools. we have to counteract it with these things right yeah these, i mean that's positive why why we want to reunite Pangea. That's right. <laughs> That's keep right. pushing for that in a song. But, well, I, yeah. but, I, I, but I love that, though, because, I mean, like, again, you can have, like, you know, and this is, I'll be honest, is probably, like, a real great way to tie into how you both uh, need to get on this podcast thing, because I think there's something interesting about this kind of central Illinois. You can have a music scene in a small town, essentially, and all these have all these collaborators, or, you know, and we think about how that can kind of go anywhere to, you know, the entire world. You have Absolutely. like a, a town with people that do interesting things and that mm-hmm. could be farming or, you know, brewing beer or making right. music. And I think that's something that's so fascinating to be around, you know, now is that, I don't know, like I'm sure, I'm sure like there's eons and millions and billions of songs that are floating out in the ethos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's cool to be able to kind of have your little world that you're, that you're functioning in, I guess. Yeah. It makes it a lot better having, you know, good friends that are like-minded and, and mm-hmm. creative and mm-hmm. that makes it without it. I don't know. I don't know, I don't where know if be. I've played music with someone who isn't a friend of mine, which is, you know, for any yeah. long, any long term. I don't even know mm-hmm. if I've sat in with anybody. In fact, being a left-handed drummer and playing left-handed, I don't sit down at music stores. I'm not the guy sitting down at the kit and trying to like, get a feel for it because it's all backwards to me so yeah, it's like right. it's a safe space because i play with my friends who i know care about me and, <laughs> and want me to succeed as much as they want to succeed but that idea of like the champagne scene or the universities in central illinois sort of fostering a like you said a bunch of microcosms of creativity whatever the outlet might be is really vibrant and people don't think about it because yeah. it's not the city it's not mm-hmm. it's not you know the suburbs. So you get into a, a bad mindset, but I think I wanted to go back to what Brett said, like we needed to counteract all that stuff. I really couldn't enjoy music that I used to enjoy. Like I couldn't get the nostalgia that you mentioned earlier, Dave, and that timelessness of like the comforting blanket that music can be. And it took me a while. And then I didn't want to listen to anything new. I wanted to listen to all this stuff from like high school and mm-hmm. early college that made me feel good. And I didn't want to let any new stuff in my head. And 
when you guys would send me tracks, it it uh, it didn't break that. It just like pivoted away from it and gave me something else to focus on. And uh, like I said, try to get better at my instrument, which I still have a long way to go. But it's like painting. You mm-hmm. you you. If you feel like you've conquered it, then you should stop. And if you made a painting that did all the things that you ever wanted to do with painting, you should stop. And I've never, I've never felt that way. And that's where it goes back to keeping yourself curious and earnest and sincerely trying. And that's embarrassing to a lot of people. Students don't want to ask questions. I don't want to sing in front of you guys still, but I will if I, <laughs> if I have a good enough idea to compel myself. That to. little bit I sent you the other night, I was super nervous about. Because <laughs> I was really experimenting on that. It was like yeah. spoken word. <laughs> was, I imagined yeah. you with like Serge Gainsbourg, like smoking, <laughs> chain smoking and... I was like, this is cool, but I don't know. Like, again, I was thinking about the whole scope of the of the album. Like, how do you do, how do you make that work? And The obvious melody was boring on that song. <laughs> <laughs> but so. it's, it's really exciting. I, yeah. I think you're right about that. Uh, finding a community, yeah. community of like-minded people to spur you on and, and support you because it doesn't, doesn't happen in a vacuum. I really don't know what I'd do if I didn't if I didn't have you guys to. <laughs> it's, yeah, absolutely, and and you know, scratch that itch. We're all very open minded, and I don't think we would take it too personally if somebody was like, "Yeah, I don't like the way you do that song or that track <laughs> or whatever," you know, that guitar. I mean, I, I honestly think we would figure it out. You I'd know, storm I mean, out. no, yeah, I would storm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, for so me, it, it was probably just sending too many things. I think there would be there was a time where I where I like was, you know, kind of going back through recordings, you see dates, and there'll be like four songs in a week, and then it'll be like, where's the drums for this? You know, and it's like, I just got this other drum part from last week. That's called messing up a lot. (laughs) That's called not being very good yet. No, well, I mean, again, I think that's just part of that process. But, you know, I think the thing that I can relish in a little bit, you know, is we're, you know, still in the process of this. And it's cool because there's no timeline for any of it. Right. You know? We're just having fun. Recklessly spending money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was very exactly. Our, very all of our funny. significant others are very excited about that. Yes. Um, I've kept it pretty snug on the on the budget. Well, But it's exciting because, I mean, we can kind of bask in that and then not have to worry about the sophomore slump for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Where I just go like, okay, throw out everything and, you know, start playing a new instrument or something like that. Or, you know, it's just like... Um, Flute music. Hand that's, flute. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why we both lock and spiel or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, see, I think that's the shorthand that Sorry we've all kind of uh, fallen into. There. So, but that'll again. That, I think that'll be interesting, even to kind of conf- configure what this is going to turn out to be. I know. Again, one thing that I'm excited about, and I think that'll at least happen at some point in the future when we invite everyone from Sullivan for sure and surrounding areas. Who knows? But I mean, you're essentially working on a, a, a studio rebuild eventually, mm-hmm. and you know you're going to be able to have. Uh, shows and show your paintings and have you know people come out to play music and something like that so i know that there'll be an eventual small venue yeah small intimate yeah like those basement <laughs> spaces you uh, yeah, yeah. you remember from college if that was something that you oh, did yeah. Um, yeah. and so you know i think that'll be kind of exciting to to kind of get that out there and you know just like last night i mean it was just really exciting you know even though the first maybe three hours or so or you know there's some really rough beginnings for things you know i'm not i'm again the greenest of everybody but when things start really syncing up it's just a really cool kind of thing yeah and it resonates better than you know hitting a golf ball you know well 
I think some people can kind of relate to that. It's mm-hmm. really cool to go, you know, oh man, I hit that far. But if that's the thing that sets off the tuning fork in your <laughs> in your brain, yeah, nothing against it. golfers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Is this pivoting really hard to a golf podcast? <laughs> this could be. Yeah. This could be. Um, I think that we've kind of hit most of our things, but you know, maybe you could just remind everybody where check out you know Ben your stuff and and Brett where they can hear some of your your both of your music, I guess and. Uh, different iterations, but Ben, maybe just remind everybody where they can find out. Okay. About the um, I think this is my third episode on Studio Break. So there's one a long time ago and one within the last year. If you just search Ben Cohan, C-O-H-A-N, um, you'll be able to find me on the Studio Break mm-hmm. episode list. And then mbencohan.com or at mbencohanstudio on Instagram. And then decals.bandcamp.com. Anything else? That's keep going. Um, I can get the grocery list out. <laughs> no, I think those are the three places to look to look for me. Okay, yeah, and mine is Brett Beery at Instagram. That would be my Instagram. Not that there's much there. B R E T T B E E R Y. Bandcamp is b Right on. That's pretty cool, right? And again, just because we talked about a number of incarnations of different bands, uh, just maybe kind of throw those out there real quick. So we've got decals, which is again... Decals.bandcamp.com. And then what's the Art Denver one? It's artdenver.bandcamp.com. Yeah, and that's where you can find Art Denver and the Cicadas. And again, mine is bbeery. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, again, it's it's been exciting to kind of come down here and invade your world uh, and exciting to be part of it, I guess, instead of being virtual. You know, we've been live and I think, you know, Ben's probably going to take a long, long rest Let's after this weekend. Salt, then ice bath. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thanks again to Ben Cohan and Brett Beery for joining me. You can, of course, follow them all over the place on Instagram especially, so be sure to follow at Studio and at Brett Beery. If you're looking for some new music to listen to in the studio, check out decals.bandcap.com. That's with Ben Cohan, Brett Beery, Clint Parrish, and Brigham Hagerman. Their album Resolver is right there for listening. Brett Beery has four albums available on Bandcamp. That's bbeery.bandcamp.com, the most recent being The Clock of Destiny, so definitely check that out. We also talked about a bunch of albums available by Clint Parrish. That's artdenver.bandcamp.com, and Art Denver and the Cicadas is the band name there. Again, there's five albums, including The Silent Key, The Wedding Machine, so plenty of stuff to listen to. Quick reminder that we're going to be playing our song Echo, which is pretty fleshed out but still in progress. Got lyrics and all sorts of great stuff. Sounds fantastic. So stay tuned to listen for that after the announcements. All right, a reminder that if you are new to Studio Break, check out some of the other podcasts available on studiobreak.com. We feature a ton of different artists there. We talk all about their work and studio practices, and that's normally what we do here on Studio Break. Each of those posts have images of the artist's artwork, links to their website, so you can find out all about them. Go check them out, check out the archives, and be sure to subscribe. You can find us in Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. A great way of staying on top of that is to follow us in social media. So be sure to like the Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break and, of course, on Instagram at Studio underscore Break. 
Again, I know there's a departure from our normal episodes, but if you want to follow me, it's at David Linaway on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. You can also check out my website with a bunch of paintings, davidlinaway.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please let us know. Give us a shout out. And I do want to give a special shout out to Kate Kaminsky, who is super supportive this past year to Ben and myself making music. You can check out her artwork at the Habitat Shop on Instagram. We're nearly ready to debut this song, Echo, from Golden Shadow, and excited to share that. But please go right now and follow at Golden Shadow Band on Instagram. We'd really appreciate that. And, of course, if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a shout-out there. All right, and that's a wrap for announcements. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. It was super fun to be able to share a little bit of a different take. And, again, hope that you enjoyed some of the music. Once again, stay tuned for Echo and... We'll talk to you real soon.